Well, welcome, welcome, welcome once again. It's uh, moving right along. We're going to continue on a little bit as a follow-up for what we did last week. And um, we used Halloween for an example and hope you didn't take that too personally. And uh, we talked about how that we need to decide if things are of God or of the world. And then once we make that decision about what are we going to do about it, are we going to be strong enough to stand up for God, to stand up and walk in his path, the small, narrow one, the one that walks in the light? Or are we going to go with the masses, to go with what makes us feel better and to fit in and go side with the world? So we're going to look at a, a biblical example of such a thing today, and we're going to talk about a, a certain story that God has given us here that we need, and we're going to be able to learn from. We're going to look at that, and it's kind of just a, a follow-up from, from last week. So uh, let's take a look at that. And it's going to come from Mark chapter 4, I mean Mark chapter 5, excuse me. And uh, today we're talking about the woman with the issue of blood. She had a blood disease, and that's uh, in Again, in Mark 5, and we're going to start at verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by a ship to the other side, much people gathered unto him, and it was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besoth him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed." And we, and we shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and throughout him. So we see that Jesus is on a mission. That someone has seeked him out. That they have a situation that they can't handle. Uh, and here we have a sick daughter. And the father has came to Jesus and is like, Lord, I know that you can heal her. So Jesus is on a mission. But during the course of this, this is what happens. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood for 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard Jesus come in and press behind and touched his garment... For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt it in her body that she was healed from that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing that himself that virtue had gone from him, turned about and pressed and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples went unto him, saying, The multitude thronging thee, and saying, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that who has done. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what she had done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So then after that, it picks up and he goes back on to his mission to heal this daughter of Jarish. All right, so many times that we are facing a difficulty 
And our normal operating procedure is, is, okay, how am I going to handle this difficulty? And we look at all the ways that we can fix it ourselves. And we go through all that. And a lot of times we can't do it. We don't see a way. There's, there's nothing there. There's nothing that we can do. So as our, our last resort, we turn to God. And we start praying. And that's where our, our faith comes in. Because we have a situation that we can't handle on our own. And we have to turn it over to God. And we have to be patient. We have to maintain faith. We have to believe that God is going to handle that situation. And many times that can be difficult. And what happens is a lot of times is, is that we're, we're waiting for that breakthrough. And a lot of times as we go along, we'll start to see a little bit of glimmer of hope. You know, we go along this path and all of a sudden we'll see a, a, a door open up. And then we become at a crossroads of where that we need to go in that door or go a little bit further. Now, a few times in my life, I've been in that exact situation where things seem hopeless. Things are scary. So we get praying about it. And we're believers. We have faith. We know that God's going to handle it. And he, he gives you that, that comfort. And he gives you that peace. In many different ways, he, he puts his hand upon you and he lets you know that he is there. And he, he sees you through. But we get to where we're, we're getting closer and closer to that end. And things start to take place. And a solution may come up. And when we're in a situation where we have no hope, where there is no obvious solution, no obvious fix to the problem, and something appears that can help us with that situation. It may not be exactly what we want, but it's something. And many times we'll stop right there. It's like, okay, Lord, you've answered my prayers. You've taken care of this. But have you taken care of it all the way? And I look back at certain points in my life and I wonder if I had just maintained faith a little longer. If I had pushed just a little bit harder. If I had endured the situation just a little bit longer, did God have something bigger for me? Did he have even a better way of dealing with the situation? And we don't know. We don't know. We have to go all the way. It's difficult to think about that we left something on the table, that there was more, and because of our lack of faith, that we got scared. And, you know, anytime we're in a situation, 
We just want it dealt with because we don't have to deal with it anymore. We don't want to have the, the pain or the worry or the anxiety or whatever that situation is causing for us. So if we can get a little bit of relief from that. You know, we, a lot of times if we're, we're sick, we have treatment options. You know, you may be going with the situation and finally you find the right doctor and the doctor says, okay, well, we can give you this medication. And you can take this medication every single day of your life and it's going to alleviate your symptoms. Is that good enough? Or perhaps if we pushed a little bit further, if we have a little bit more faith, there might be a procedure that can be done now, that's scary because it's invasive. They have to go inside your body. They have to do something to you. There's risk involved. But yet we're supposed to have faith. We're going to believe in God. God's going to see us through. But can we overcome that fear and go push that a little bit further and get through that procedure that's going to alleviate everything? Many times we're just letting God take care of the symptoms and not take care of the problem. Oftentimes in life we get news of a situation and we take it at that and we give up. You get bad news. Well, that's it. That's the end. We're going to deal with it. Doctor says I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Doctor says I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. The Financial situation goes bad. Well, I'm, I'm just going to be poor. I'm not going to. It's, it's just the way it is. We're just going to live with it. We have to push forward. So the first thing we're going to look at today is, is that Jesus was on a mission. He'd already had something going on. But yet this other thing happened during it. And this is telling us that God has time for us all. He's not going to tell us that, no, I'm too busy. I'm doing something else right now. No, God is willing to stop what he's doing in that moment. And he's willing to look at your situation. To look at your level of faith. And he's willing to answer. So let's look at this. Uh, let's look at this woman because Jesus stopped. Not only did he stop, because he really didn't have to do anything. He was just there. It was this woman's faith that made this miracle happen. Well, we'll come back to that. Jesus was there, and he stopped. He's like, I felt virtue leave my body. Someone accessed. The kingdom of heaven. Through me, power went out. Someone was healed. But I wasn't doing it directly. Because I was always focused on this other mission. And the disciples were like, well, you got all these people that's bumping into you. They said, no. There was one that had faith. That seeked me. That seeked the power. That seeked to be healed. I want to know who that is. Because... This was an opportunity to glorify God. He stopped once again to glorify God. He stopped again so we'd have this example for us to look at. He stopped and he talked to this woman. 
By faith they have been made whole. Go in peace. I want to, to look at this woman. Now, she'd had this situation for 12 years. 12 years she had been dealing with this. And she did everything she could in her power. She spent all of her money. Everything she had went for doctors, went for medications, went for research, went to everything to heal this situation that she had. Now, any of us has had a, a situation where we have to deal with something like that. And I know all you women have dealt with these things month after month after month. Can you imagine that every day of your life for 12 years? That's quite a troublesome thing. And we can see how she would want to have this taken care of. How she'd want to be healthy and whole and normal again. So she spent everything that she had. She's seen doctors after doctor after doctor. And nothing, nothing made it better. In fact, it tells us that it got worse. Now, how discouraging is that? When we're trying to do something, that we're trying to accomplish something, and no matter what our efforts are, it seems to get worse. What, can, what lessons can we take from that? Well, one thing is, is that when we're trying to glorify God, Satan is going to do everything to derail you. When we're trying to glorify God, when we're trying to be a good example, a good positive example in life, a beacon of light, God, uh, Satan is going to try to derail you. He's going to try to push you off course. He's going to try to discourage you. Another thing we can look at from Nick's example is, is that we can do everything in our own power, but if we're mixing that one ingredient, that one thing that we need, it's not going to work. And that one thing was Jesus. You notice that? As soon as she added Jesus to the mix, it was taken care of. This woman not only was facing a, a physical ailment, not only was she dealing with this blood loss, and can you imagine not only having to deal with the, the, the mess of it and trying to contain it, but the, the physical attributes that would drain from you. It would cause weakness. It would cause tiredness. Probably had an iron deficiency. There's all these different things that would stem from this situation as well. Bringing her level of joy in her life down. But not only that, not only was she going through all these physical elements, but also during this time, because of the situation, she was considered ceremonially unclean. That means that she couldn't go to the synagogue. She couldn't go to the temple. She couldn't do these things that was normal for everyone else. 
No one else could touch her. If they did, they would be unclean as well, would have to go through the cleansing process and the waiting period to be able to be restored and get back to their normal life. So not only was she dealing with the physical attributes, but she's dealing now with isolation, loneliness, and the, the stigma of it. You know, this was something that you were required. If you was in a, a busy place like she was, you would have to announce it out. Unclean. Unclean. So bringing shame, embarrassment upon herself. And all these things was through nothing that she did. Nowhere in the text does it say anywhere that she caused this thing to come upon her. And many times in life, it's just like that. We do nothing. It's not because of our sins. It's not because of our past transgressions. It's not because of what we did currently. Some things just happen to us because we live in a world of sin. That we are vulnerable to Satan. She was out in this crowded place. A place that she shouldn't have been because of her condition. And she was pushing through the crowd. She was touching all of these people. She was making them unclean. She was violating the rules of the time. And she could have been punished. To the point is that she was fearing and trembling. She was scared. Many times whenever we are, are stepping out and stepping up and stepping towards God, we are going to be scared. Because the world has put all of these things upon us. You know, Jesus walked around and he was hanging out with the, the sinners. He would go to the, the, the taverns and hang out with the drunks and he would hang out with the politicians and the tax collectors and he would go right up to the, the leopards. All these people that society tells us to steer away from, Jesus was in their midst because these are the ones that, that needed it. They needed healing in all sorts of ways, spiritually, mentally, and physically. She made up her mind. She says, I don't care what the world says. Because for 12 years, through multiple forms of money, through doctor after doctor after doctor, they was not able to fix her. 
And for many of us, that would have been soundproof to just deal with the situation. Well, I've lived with it for 12 years. I can go ahead and keep on living with it. I can just keep putting up with it. I can keep doing it. I've learned how to do it. But no, that wasn't good enough for her because she had faith. She says, I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what science says. I don't care about all of these things because... This Jesus fella has been out there healing people. And if I could just get to him, I can be healed too. If I could just touch his garment. You know, she had so much faith. And sometimes we have to work with our faith to, to manifest it into something that we can make tangible. And for her, that was touching the hem of his garment. If I could just touch him. If I could just get to him. You know, we've seen different accounts where Jesus healed remotely. You know, he the, goes out there and the it says that people follow my command. The centurion said that. And then Jesus says, yeah, you're right. Your faith. That we don't have to, I don't have to be there in person. You just have to believe. And I believe more than anything that if, if she had, could have been healed at her home just as easy as she was there. But God likes to take everything and make an example to use it for his glory. And we've talked about so much already this morning about what happened during this little event. This lady going through the, this crowd and being healed. Jesus stopping and taking the time to pull her from the crowd and to, to bless her. And to send her on his way. He says, daughter, by faith has made thee whole. By faith. She pushed away everything else of the world. And put Jesus first and foremost. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I could be made whole. It doesn't matter what the world says. It only matters what Jesus says. Go in peace. And Jesus was telling her, I don't care about all of these rules and what the world says about you. I only care about your faith, your heart, and how I feel about you. And Jesus says, You're healed. Notice, too, what Jesus says here. It's in red. He says, daughter. First of all, we see that bond. We see that personal, intimate, loving connection between our Lord and Savior and one of His. Then He says, thy faith. 
Her faith, her faith has made thee whole. He didn't say, I have made thee whole. He didn't say, my power made you whole. He said, your faith, your faith. God has given us all of these things. We already possess it, but it's our minds that keep us from unlocking it. Thy faith has made thee whole. Now, let me ask you, how many times do we get into a situation and we let all of the circumstances hold us back? She had all kinds of circumstances. I bet you that morning she probably felt pretty bad. The way many of us do. Because she has this situation that she's dealing with. But yet she got up out of bed. And she faced opposition. You know, uh, we can gain popularity pretty quick from negative encounters. You know, if you have something that that happens to you, you do something wrong, that kind of stuff spreads like wildfire. So, you know, these were pretty small communities. And she had seeked out multiple people over the course of multiple years. And of course, when you're restricted by the rules of man and you have to contrive to certain things that would show out. So I can imagine that it was hard for her that that people knew who she was. And because they knew who she was, she knew of her condition. And even though she didn't do anything wrong... Because of her condition, she would be treated differently. That she couldn't just go out in public and be treated as a, as a normal person. She couldn't go and worship like a normal person. Not because of anything she did, because of her condition. And we... As people, as human beings, even as Christians, we do that to people so much. We look at their conditions. We look at their circumstances. And that covers up the person. We don't want to know the details. As a a parent of a special needs child, their behavior and actions are not always what society deems normal. And for many people, they've never dealt with that kind of situation and don't know what to expect. But they see certain behaviors and they jump to certain conclusions that it is a behavior problem. It is a parenting problem. It's something that can be corrected. And that they are 
unhappy that they have to be in the presence of, of such things. And I'm sure that this woman faced many of that as well. I'm sure she was treated as an outcast, as a criminal even, because of a condition that she had nothing to do with. But yet she faced that, to come out in this huge crowd with the danger of being pointed out, being ridiculed, being put down because her faith was so strong. She said to herself, if I could just touch him. So all of that was bigger than all of the circumstances. Her faith was bigger. And we go back to Jesus again. Jesus is in this crowd. You know, this is like when they first pop open the doors for Walmart on Black Friday. They are squeezing in. And he's got his posse around him. You know, all of his uh, apostles. And they're being shoved and pushed and prodded. And it's just like cattle through a squeeze gate. And they're all trying to get to that one TV in the back. With that little tug. That little touch. And we look closely at, at the... The, the words. You know, I said God does everything with purpose and how every word is important. And it says that he, he touched the, the hem. Touched his garment. Can you imagine that she's stretching? She's reaching through. She's pushing Imagine it's very uncomfortable. People bumping into one another. And she's putting everything she has to fight her way through the crowd. And she's reaching out, touching his garment. Just touching it. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, everybody's touching you. No, no. There's one that had faith. There's one that took Virtue. Who touched my clothes? What a, a simple act. You know, for many of us in a crowd like that, a simple tug on your shirt would be nothing. You wouldn't even notice it. But Jesus knew because he felt that power go from him. Healing power go from him. Think about that for a moment. We call upon the name of Jesus and power transfers from him to us. But for many of us, as we listen right now, we're thinking, well, that sounds nice, but can we really wrap our heads around it? And it's that doubt right there. That we can't picture it. That we can't conceive it. Is what keeps us from happening to us. And then Jesus goes on. He sends her on her way. And we get picked right back up. 
in the story that was interrupted. While he spake, there came forth the ruler of the synagogue of a certain house and said, Thy daughter is dead. Why thy troubles his master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard what was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid and only believe. Now I have to wonder that was this little delay enough to keep him from getting there or just a little bit too late? I mean, God had it all figured out all along anyway. He's never too late. He's always right on time. Only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him save Peter, James, and John, and his brother James. And cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and swept the tumult and them that swept and wailed greatly. And when he said, Come in unto them, why make thee do and weep? A damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed and sorned when they put them all out, taking the father and the mother of the damsel that were with him. And there the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and in her, Taladakamai, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto ye, Arise. And straight away the damsel arose and walked, and she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly, saying, No man should know it, and command that he give him something to eat. All right, so Jesus is back on course. And we're going to head, I wouldn't plan on going into this today, but we're going to head right here, right at it. We're talking about faith, and this is all about faith right now, so we're going to head and cover it real quick. Jesus clears the room. And he does that, why? Because there are people saying, now this mother and father, they sent for him. We need this Jesus fella because we know that this Jesus fella can help our daughter. We have what? Faith. This Jesus fella can help our daughter. He can save her. It don't matter what the circumstances are. But we have all these other people that are laughing because they think it's some kind of a joke. They say she's dead. And for their minds, dead is dead. There's nothing else. We believe in science. We believe in fact. We believe in the world. We don't care about this Jesus fellow. We have no faith. And we can't operate that way. We can't have miracles when we got naysayers, when we have doubters, and we have all these other people around us that say, no, it can't happen. The word tells us to come in agreement. You know, many times we start praying for someone and we want something to happen in their lives. But the thing is, we can only do so much if we're not in agreement. If we're praying for someone to get better, but yet they have no desire, they have no faith, they don't believe they can or want to, we can only do so much from our vantage point with praying with them. Prayer is a group activity. An agreement activity. So Jesus got rid of all the naysayers. He got them out of there. Get them out of here. We only want the ones that believe. So we kept the, the mother and the father and his select few. And they went in there. And she arose. And she was fine. 
And they were astonished. And he told them, said, we don't going to talk about this. And I can imagine why. Because there was so much doubt. There was so much unbelief when he walked up. That even though they had this girl that was now alive, that was now healthy and whole. Even though we had that in front of them, they were so closed off. So much of the world, so much not in faith, that there was no changing their minds. We all know people like that. They get so convinced in something that no matter how much fact you put in front of them, how much truth you put in front of them, they are only going to see it some way. And they're going to come up with some kind of a reason, some kind of an excuse, some kind of a justification that it is anything in the world but God. We see that today through our media, through our politicians, that everything is something else and not really what it is. So God said, we don't need that kind of publicity. Jesus said, Give her something to eat. Give her something to eat. We have to have faith. We have to take action. We have to believe. And just like we talked about last week, sometimes that the world tells us everything is is one way. So we have to Go against the world. But we see right here two grand examples that even though the world, the doctors, and everything else says something is one way, that God can turn it around. Jesus has given us that power. That we can have faith, we can seek him, we can extract that power and be healed. We can be made whole. We can have our our situation turned around. But sometimes what we have to do is we have to get rid of the naysayers. We have to get rid of the things in the environment that's holding back our faith. We have to surround ourselves in faith. And as long as we keep allowing other things to come in and we make importance of it and make it part of our lives, we can't have that faith. Let me ask you today, where do you want to be? Do you want to be able to be healed? Do you want to have that healing power? And maybe you don't even need it for yourself, but do you want to be part of that for someone else? When you walk into a room and you see the, the, the doubt and the name, or do you want to be the ones that get put out? Or do you want to be part of that prayer circle on the inside? Do you want to be outside laughing, thinking everything's a joke? Or do you want to be inside witnessing the miracle? Do you want to be part of the miracle? Do you want to have the miracle manifest in your life? Or do you want to be wrapped up in the world? Do you want to go trick-or-treating? Or do you want to have miracles happen in your life? It's that simple. Do you want to be liked by man? Or do you want to be loved by Jesus? It's that simple. 
But in many situations, we can't have both. The Word tells us we cannot serve two masters. So who are you going to serve today? And if you have not accepted Jesus, that's where you've got to start. That's your beginning. You've got to let him in. For him to be able to work, you've got to let him in the door. If he's going to remodel your house, you've got to let him in the door. Are you willing to open it? Because he's willing to come to you. We see right here that he's on a mission, but he's willing to take a few moments. Are you willing to take a few moments for him?